Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. So if you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Resolve now to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. The Patriot Mobile 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call them at 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. Altitudes were considerably lower than the Chinese high-altitude balloon and did pose a threat to civilian commercial air traffic. And while we have no specific reason to suspect that they were conducting surveillance of any kind, we couldn't rule that out. That is why the President, at the recommendation of, Secre- of the Secretary of Defense, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the North NORTHCOM NORAD Commander, gave the order to shoot them down. So that's John Kirby yesterday, the press conference yesterday, where he was explaining exactly what happened. And as I was saying, and I'm starting to hear this now from people, I really do think that it works better for the administration to have everyone believing and freaking out that, oh, this is aliens, instead of, oh my gosh, it's the Chinese and we're headed towards World War III, which I don't think we are, but... It all depends on how dumb people in elected office want to be. Welcome to the program. Happy uh, commercialized love day to you. I'm a cynic, so what do you expect? It's good to be with you. Your lovable curmudgeon here, Dana Lash, on this Tuesday at the top of our very, very first hour. And a lot of stuff to hit today. A lot of stuff to hit because we've had some developments and some stories that we're following. In addition... To that, we have the story that took place yesterday with the yesterday evening, which uh, had to do with the uh, murderer in at Michigan State. That was, I mean, goodness, and some of the reaction to that, which is as, as about as predictable as you can imagine. So we're going to get into all of that as well. Uh, we also have some of the latest with the movements going on in uh, in Washington and and with the. Uh, weaponization committees and the Hunter Biden cases. I mean, there's quite a bit to discuss. So we're going to start and get right into it. So here's one of the big headlines that I saw as I was getting ready for the program today. So the, (laughs) this is $400,000, $400,000 F-16. So the first, so Lake Huron, the object that was over Lake Huron that we had shot down, right? That apparently, we successfully took it down in our second attempt. So where's that first missile? Somebody got very, very expensive, expensive stuff falling from the sky. I'm just saying. It was revealed to be a small metallic balloon. And it was shot down. They said that it had payload underneath and flew over sensitive sites. This is one of the big headlines coming out yesterday, yesterday evening, in fact. So they said that it had a tethered payload 
and it was one of four of the things that we shot down in the past eight days. Small metallic balloon. What does that sound like? I'm just trying to think of what that sounds like. But it, it fired two Sidewinder AIM-9X missiles that hit the target. Each Sidewinder is 400,000. So apparently the first attempt didn't work. It uh, missed on the first attempt. Well, it's only $400,000. Then it was the second Sidewinder. I'm, I'm, just quite, I'm just wondering how... I mean, we hit it with a Sidewinder missile. So how much of the payload are we expecting to recover? I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm asking because I'm curious. I would like to know what this thing is. And I'm just wondering how much we're actually expecting to recover from this. Now, in the meantime, still no word from the president. Still not a singular word from the president about this. No statement, nothing. It's all been left out to John Kirby or Corinne Jean-Pierre or a number of other individuals. None, none of them are the president of the United States. But as I explained to you yesterday, that's the best they have. Do you on, Are you going to feel better with Joe Biden coming out there and stumbling and stuttering? They know that they, don't, they do not have anybody good for this. They know this. That's why, that's why he's not addressing it. Lawmakers have a lot of questions. So today they've been getting, both House and Senate, have been getting classified briefings. Senate got a classified briefing on this. The House had a, uh, a big discussion on this as well, trying to get some more details. Uh, it doesn't, I don't know, I don't think a lot have been, not, not much more has been made available. I do think it's all part of Chinese spy balloon program. Like I said, we are not lucky enough, friends. I know, it's Valentine's Day. We are not lucky enough to get a Valentine's present from aliens, like actual from outer space aliens. It's just not going to happen. It's the Chinese. I'm pretty sure. And I think that we're playing dumb because it's better for, as I said, people to ask questions about, you know, interstellar extraterrestrials rather than this. So that's that's some of the latest. And we're going to we're going to continue to dive into this because it is uh, it's I mean, I just I think that there's the president has gone past what is the acceptable uh, amount of time for him to not speak. And I know that there's a press briefing today, but it's with Corinne Jean-Pierre. He called a lid yesterday at like 4.30. Joe Biden called a lid yesterday at 4.30. Still not at all whatsoever uh, speaking about any of this. Called a lid. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, we shall see. But I mean, I'm just, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not inspiring any kind of confidence. It's really not. Now, in addition to this, pull up a, a couple of other things here. Uh, in addition to this, we've also had the, because we're going to get into the the Hunter Biden laptop stuff and all that kind of good, all the those those headlines as well. But any development that we get over this, well, we'll let you know. We did recover some key sensors from the one that was off South Carolina. Apparently, there were electronics recovered that were well, were what remains of them that were used for intelligence gathering. So that that was apparently something that they did allow to be confirmed from the debris that was recovered off of the South Carolina coast. Hmm. Okay. So what about the other two objects? Because remember, four objects in eight days. So what about the other two? We've got a lot of questions. I noticed World War III is trending. We're not going to be in World War III. We're not going to be in World War III just because out of sheer spite, I'm, not, I'm going to will it out of existence. I, it's, it's, we're, we'll talk more about this coming up, but... There are a lot of stupid moves that elected officials are taking, but there are some smart elected officials that want to take smart moves. And a lot of this is going to come down to 2024. I think 2024's whole, dis- I think the way that that needs to be framed is, do you want World War III or not? And there's going to be some NatCons that are totally going to go for it. I know. 
So we're going to come back to this topic. Where is Secretary Pothole Pete? Now, I started the conversation yesterday. Now, he, you remember the um, soundbite that he had? We played this yesterday where he was saying that, uh, audio soundbite 16, where he was saying that there were too many white people in construction. So I wanted to correct myself because I had said it was, I think it was Saturday. It was actually, uh, I believe this was Sunday. Play, go ahead and play this. This is Audio Soundbite 16. This is awful. To work with your contractors, uh, to work with your community colleges on building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. You can build community wealth that will help close wealth gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery level. So he's worried. He's more worried about that's all he that's all he knows. All he knows is identity politics. He's more worried about the race of the people. Has he ever been to Texas? I was thinking about this the whole time when I when I first heard about this yesterday, the soundbite. I was thinking this the entire time. This cat's never been to Texas because he sits here and he apparently believes that the most uh, that that I guess all construction workers are white. And I'm, I'm like, you clearly have never been to Texas because that is not the case. I mean, it's pretty diverse. What does that even matter? That's all he has to talk to people about is race and everything else. He does not have a single other thing to talk to people. No, no other, nothing else to impart. I'm so tired of this stuff. And he's talking about this in the meantime, while you have this poison cloud over East Palestine, Ohio. We've been following that story still. Where has he been on all of this? Million dollar question. Where's Secretary Pothole Pete? You know why he's called Pothole Pete? So South Bend, Indiana, he was mayor. They had a pothole problem. Now I come from originally from Missouri. So I know all about potholes. I know what extreme temperatures can do to asphalt and blacktop. And I understand completely how this works. The pothole is one of the most annoying things to deal with on a local municipal level. Because especially in certain areas where the temperatures going from snow to extreme heat as it is in a lot of the Midwest, it makes it something that's a, it's a, it's a perpetual issue. But it's also, I think, an example of one of the most basic things that you can do as a leader, as an elected official. He's, he was mayor of South Bend. That's not even the largest city in Indiana. It's like the fourth largest city in Indiana. Mayor of South Bend. Where they had 60 buses and I think, what, eight different lines. I don't remember. 60 buses. And he had difficulty even doing the most basic job of filling in potholes. That's how he was given that nickname by voters. Voters who voted Democrat. Now, he can't go up any higher in Indiana. Because all of the other, from the way that the districts are, it's solid red district to to run for house in his area. I think that's a solid red district. He'd have to get up to Indianapolis, and that's Andre Carson's district. Andre Carson would beat him into a hole in the ground with Democrat voters. So there's no way that that pothole Pete can ascend any higher than where he was in Indiana. But he had big ambitions. He wants the titles without the experience. 
without the work experience to even qualify himself for these titles. I said on Jesse Waters' program last night that the only reason that Pothole Pete even has a job in this administration is because Joe Biden owed him a favor. They also wanted to check a box so that they could say that they had a gay man in a a particular position in the administration. He is vastly underqualified for his role, which I actually don't even think should exist as a department, but that's another argument. He's vastly underqualified for his role. Think of Hunter Biden being on the board of Burisma. It's pretty much the same thing with Pete Buttigieg being the secretary of transportation in the Biden administration or in any administration. So he calls in, he cashes in his favor with Biden. And he's just, he's just, you know, to sort of on purposely pun on, make a pun, he's Biden his time. And then that's why he was looking at at uh, uh, setting up his his uh, home in Michigan, et cetera, because he has dreams for higher office. But here's the issue with this. Sometimes people think that they can take these positions and that no one's going to pay attention to Department of Transportation. Except in this case, they are. He he gambled wrong on this. He goes into office during a supply chain crisis. And he's MIA. We're going to deep dive coming up into Pothole Pete. He's finished after this. He has no hope whatsoever in politics ever again after this. The transportation secretary will be the epitaph on his political tombstone. We're going to deep dive into this. You don't want to miss coming up. Also, the latest, speaking of East Palestine, the latest with this, more information coming out and also not addressed really by any other, by really not a lot of people. It's not, it's weird. It's almost like if Democrats can't use it to sell you solar panels, they don't want to talk about it. So we're going to, we're going to continue looking at all of the developments from this particular story. And the latest with the killing, the uh, shooting that took place on Michigan State University's campus last night, we, that the murderer whose name I'm not going to say has been ID'd. And yes, he was a repeat violent offender who was also a prohibited possessor in illegal possession of a firearm. Of course he was. Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. And I think they've hit that mission straight on. Their dream has been to sell enough premium coffee to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. And thanks to your support, that dream has come true. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee here in America. And the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black Rifle Coffee Company expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. And they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit blackriflecoffee.com Dana and use my code Dana at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana. Use code Dana and also look for Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so first up, Biden has suddenly released another 26 million barrels of oil from our strategic reserve. And this, of course, was five weeks after we, we I mean, it, we stopped draining it, which helped push gasoline prices a little higher in January because he refuses to drill. I mean, that could definitely substitute for that. They announced plans to sell more crude from the SPR, saying that they're fulfilling budget directives that they mandated years ago. Uh, and that sought to stop as oil prices have stabilized. Of course, the sales 
that's not going to do anything. It's not going to have anything to do with the recent spike. It's not going to. It's not going to have any effect. Uh, Marty the robot escapes from the grocery store, and social media had reactions. So there was a little robot that works in the grocery store. He's like this, just basically tall, cylindrical kind of statue, and he actually ended up getting out somehow. He was able to get through the sliding doors, and uh, he was returned safely. But. He was made famous because he was like the first robot of his kind to help people in a grocery store and he was wandering around the parking lot. It's actually one of the funniest things ever. I still don't trust these things. I mean, he could kill you. Marty could try to kill you. I don't know how. He doesn't have arms, but he could try. Uh, Also, (laughs) uh, five injured after an American Airlines plane had collided with a shuttle bus. Paging Secretary Pete with a a shuttle bus at LA, uh, Los Angeles International Airport. This was kind of crazy. LAX. The collision happened on the south side as the plane was being towed from a gate to a parking lot on the taxiway. The plane was not carrying passengers. The shuttle bus was. Five people were treated by paramedics with Los Angeles Fire Department. Four transported to nearby hospitals. The tug driver was listed in moderate condition. Two other, three other passengers were fair. The only other person on the plane, a worker, was treated for injuries but declined transport. So he did not go to the hospital. The Pentagon mandated uh, coronavirus vaccines, but then, according to whistleblowers, ignored concerns about the adverse reactions. Daily Caller has the story the DOD relied on a self-reported database to monitor the side effects of the vaccine, and military leaders and medical providers did not take allegations of adverse reactions seriously. So coming up, the many, many disasters of Secretary Pete and the latest on that disastrous toxic spill in East Palestine, Ohio. How do you say I love you? With flowers, chocolate, can jewelry really express true love? Because in the end, they all fall short. The only thing that can completely communicate the depths of your affection this Valentine's Day is meat. And not just any meat, though. Over 85% of grass-fed beef sold is imported from overseas. Ew. And that's why it has to be Good Ranchers, 100% American hand-trimmed steakhouse quality meat delivered directly to your door. Right now, get $30 off any box from Good Ranchers with code DANA. Now, this gift is sure to add some sizzle. Whether on the grill or in a pan, nothing simmers like prime cuts of beef, pasture-raised chicken, and premium quality seafood. Visit GoodRanchers.com and ditch the usual boring gifts that just don't cut it. Say I love you with American meat instead. Snag your $30 off with code Dana at GoodRanchers.com today. Love is in the air and it smells just like, you guessed it, Good Ranchers. Save $30 on your unique gift this Valentine's Day by visiting GoodRanchers.com. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open. I was kind of surprised that when they quickly told the people they can go back home, but then said if they feel like they want their, uh, their homes tested, uh, they can have them tested. I, I would have far rather they did all the testing. Mm, 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 mm. So that's an Ohio hazmat specialist who was saying that, yeah, we kind of nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open. Uh, and that's that when they when they were burning off all of those chemicals, that's pretty amazing. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable curmudgeon here with you, Dana Lash. And this, of course, has to do with this whole East Palestine, Ohio uh I mean, this is bad, this this derailment involving numerous cars. And this was the, there's a lot of back and forth as to how it could have gotten to this point. And I know that there are some accusations that there, there was 
like lackadaisical attention paid to like the the breaks on the train and a lot of stuff and you know back and forth but this is a da- I mean it's I don't know how this isn't a dangerous situation and I just don't exactly understand how not I mean it's they had people who were allowed to return back to their homes and then then after that they sent out they sent out a, a list of all the dangerous chemicals that were on these rail cars and we talked about some of this yesterday these are dangerous chemicals listen to this this is a great explainer i sent this out to you in your email newsletter for those of you who subscribe i send you out all the prep all the stuff i look at uh with little to no commentary so you can just read it for yourself audio soundbite one this is the a great explainer on this derailment that took place in Ohio from someone who understands and works with these chemicals. Listen to this, because this is one of the most insightful uh, reads on it. Of the cars that crashed, five of them contained vinyl chloride. It's a monomer used to make PVC. Some of the reporting on this has gotten vinyl chloride confused with polyvinyl chloride, the polymer made out of vinyl chloride. Now, the reason that this distinction is really important is vinyl chloride is very hazardous and very flammable. Polyvinyl chloride is a plastic that's used in like everything. Another thing about vinyl chloride is that it boils at 8 degrees Fahrenheit, so it's shipped in its liquid form. Meaning that when these trains crashed and these started leaking, they weren't just leaking liquid, but they were spewing boiling gas. So vinyl chloride is really toxic. OSHA has the permissible limit of how much you can be exposed to it during an eight hour shift as a one PPM part per million, average over eight hours. So prior to this, the biggest spill of this chemical was in New Jersey where one train car and about 23,000 gallons of vinyl chloride were spilled, but it didn't catch on fire. Now this crash in Ohio has five train cars. These kinds of tanker cars can carry between 25 and 33,000 gallons. Let's call it 250 to 250,000 pounds of vinyl chloride. That's per train car, five train cars. There's maybe a million pounds of this toxic chemical spilling into the ground and also boiling off into the air. But then it caught on fire. I think this is where the reporting is really bad because no one is mentioning what the byproduct of vinyl chloride burning is. Of the many byproducts of burning vinyl chloride, one of them is hydrogen chloride. Hydrogen chloride is really unstable and latches onto water, like just water vapor in the atmosphere, and that turns into hydrochloric acid. So right now, government officials, officials from the railroad, both the governor of Pennsylvania and Ohio are calling burning off the million pounds of this stuff a success, but not mentioning that it means that we have hundreds of thousands of pounds of acid in the air. Mm. So you can see why this is so incredibly dangerous. And you can also see why a lot of people are, are very concerned about it simply because, I mean, this affects more than just, I mean, this is a 200 mile radius apparently affected, including 190 counties going all the way down in Kentucky, Maryland, Michigan, Pennsylvania, New York. I mean, it's a lot. And this, uh, rail norfolk southern and i see a lot of people are oh well who, who's to there there's i think a uh questions to ask about how did how did this happen now this isn't the first uh 
or only derailment that took place this week. There was there were two yesterday, one in Houston and South Carolina. Now, the one in Houston involved a truck who thought they could beat the train, and that's the one of the dumbest things ever. The thing is, is that there are often train derailments. That was one of the reasons why people like myself criticized those who opposed the Keystone Pipeline so loudly, is because the Keystone Pipeline was one of the safest ways to 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 transport crude as far as it needed to go. So you're not putting it on rail cars, rail cars, because you have derailments every year, and that's just not. I mean, come on, this is you know. We're, we're in a new century. We, we, can, we have a lot of technology and a lot of great engineering minds. We can get beyond rail for everything. So there's certain ways to, pr- to transport, like the pipeline was a great example of it. But you had all of these activists who were saying that it was unsafe. Well, look at how often you have derailments. And look at all of the other issues that go along with derailments, including you have to pay attention to every single ass. I had a, my, my stepfather worked with the railroad for a number of years. So I, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Um, and I know that there were some who were saying that some, that, one of the contributors to what happened in East Palestine with this Norfolk Southern uh, Railroad, this line, is that you know maybe there was some safety that was overlooked. Maybe it was you know the brakes. Maybe there was something. There's there's a couple. There's a lot of different uh, uh, theories that are floating around on on social media. But the issue is that it it's it's not definitely not the safest. However, like I said, you have ra- you have derailments that happen every year. This though is one of the biggest since 2012 with New Jersey of this vinyl hydrochloride, of this particular chemical, one of the largest. So that that's what makes it incredibly unique. And you can't tell me that this is not super bad for people to breathe in. Now, in the meantime, where is Secretary Mayor Poot? Because I was talking about this. Pete Buttigieg. He was too busy talking about how he thought there were too many white people in construction. So he didn't really want to say anything about this. This guy, and I know he, just so you know, he wants to run for higher office again. That is his life's ambition. He wants to run for higher office. But let's think back. When he first got this job, we were in the throes of a supply chain crisis. And what does he do? He didn't immediately address it. Remember, there was supposed to be this supply chain task force that he created. Have you ever heard of that again? I've never. They, they haven't heard a single thing from them. There was supposed to be this, this supply chain task force that is MIA, never apparently didn't come up with anything. And then nine, not even nine months, I think, into his job as transportation secretary, he leaves for two months because he goes on. Uh, parental leave. He and his spouse adopted kids. He did not give birth. He didn't need to take two months off. I'm sorry, but he didn't. As someone who gave birth, you didn't need to take two months off, dude. You didn't. It was, that was just you. This guy loves the title, but hates the work. He travels around on government jets. He took a military plane to go watch a, uh, uh, what is it? I think a soccer match in Europe. He's done all this stuff, but he doesn't like the work. Two, not even nine months into his job, two months off. Now, remember, a FOIA request revealed that he had absolutely refused to speak with anyone, even in government, about the supply chain crises that were engulfing and driving inflation, engulfing the country and driving inflation. He wouldn't address it. They had to actually file, numerous outlets had to actually file a Freedom of Information request in order to get information 
and discover that he actually wasn't really, he kept saying that he was available the entire time that he was off for two months. Those FOIA records show otherwise. He was outright refusing to meet with other officials to even address anything that was related to his job. So the, tra- the Department of Transportation sort of operated on its own for two months in the middle of a supply chain crisis, right? Then we were going into Christmas. Let's not forget, we're going into Christmas. This most recent situation with the FAA, you had uh, uh, overburdened and antiquated systems, uh, particularly Southwest. That's why we saw the disaster with Southwest. And then let's not forget what we saw most recently with the notice to airmen, that whole system, just again, old and antiquated, completely collapsed. What did he do as the response? How did he address it? Remember, do you think that Secretary Pete the mayor of South Bend, one of the maybe fourth largest city there, I guess, in, in Indiana, who has zero experience with transportation. Did he do anything to try to push to upgrade, update anything, the notice to airmen system? No, he didn't. Actually, it's rhetorical. Do you know what he did do? He renamed it to make it more gender inclusive. He called it He renamed it the Notice to Air Mission System. That was his, I'm not even exaggerating in the slightest. That was his big contribution to this. He decided to just simply rename it and then, you know, dust his hands off. That's it. He's done. He solved everything, guys. So great, right? Like he's so, he's just so talented. He's a joke. He just, he thought he was going to be able to, to, to wait it out, wait out until he could run again in the next I guess, you know, the next, what, election, so he could go for elected office again, and it didn't work. Because he was actually called to do his job, and he couldn't do his, he's not doing his job. But he has all the time in the world, folks, let me tell you, all the time in the world to do everything else but anything with transportation. So he takes two months off of paternity leave, And he kept saying, oh, well, my kids, they have issues. You know what? It was a foreseeable thing because you adopted. You this is all something when you run for elected office, you forfeit your your claim that you have private time that no one can that no one can talk to you. You don't get that. Your time is my time. We own you. We're the taxpayers. We tell you when you can go. You don't tell us. We tell you. We pay our fair share and everybody else's fair share with all your entitlement programs. I mean, how many other issues? The Southwest issue. Remember, it was Congress that had to step in because we almost had a a nationwide rail strike. Congress had to step in. Where the hell was Pete? Literally nowhere to be found. Memorial Day cancellations. To say nothing of the tent that we just talked about, the notice to airmen, or now, sorry, air mission, he wanted to make it more gender inclusive. He doesn't even understand what his responsibilities are within the Department of Transportation. Is it any shock that it's such a disaster? Now, I will say, granted, part of this is due to the fact that I don't believe we have anybody running the FAA right now, like anybody confirmed. But that's the Senate who handles that. Pray tell who runs the Senate. Oh, that's right, Democrats, Chuck Schumer, they've been running the Senate for quite some time now. Why haven't they actually put anybody at the head of their ridiculous bureaucratic agency? That's a million-dollar question only they can answer. So it's still, he's culpable because he shares the party line. He's a disaster. If this isn't the epitaph of his political career, then I don't know what is. 
But this was this is nuts. So remember this, because he's going to try to seek higher office at some point. And he's going to try to claim that he did all this stuff in Department of Transportation when he actually didn't do anything. The supply chain, he didn't do anything to solve the supply chain. I don't ever know what happened to the task force. He didn't do anything about FAA. He hasn't done anything about anything. But he's really, really good at using his government perks and taking all kinds of trips and flying around on military planes and government-owned jets and doing all this other stuff. In the meantime, he sits here and he talks about racist bridges and how there's too many white people because he's a racist. He thinks there's too many white people in construction, ignoring the, ignoring the makeup of like who actually is doing construction in a number of states. No, he loves the perks. He hates the work, just like a limousine liberal. And in the meantime, people in East Palestine are suffering. They're, at, they're suffering. And it is just, it's, it's so incredibly sad. Because who knows, what, what are the long-term consequences of this going to be? I mean, coming up later, I got, I got video for you of a woman dealing with other, her dead chickens. There's animals that are dropping dead. What is it? They can't, they can't fear monger off of this to sell you wind turbines? What? Why are they ignoring it? Where's our Department of Transportation Secretary? Why isn't he tweeted one thing about this yesterday? Let me pull this up real quick. I know we got to get moving. He tweeted one thing about this yesterday. I can't stand this guy. I don't know if you can tell. He's one of the guys that I legitimately cannot stand. I cannot stand people who don't want to work. It is one of my biggest pet peeves. I cannot stand people who don't pull their own weight, especially in government. Because we're paying them with our tax dollars. We all work our asses off to pay this guy so he can sit here and flex and take government planes over to watch games in Europe. Take two months off for parental leave. Boy, you didn't birth these kids. Ridiculous. No, he tweeted one thing out about this. One thing. Oh, I'm following that. And this was after 10 days of this, guys. He finally tweets something out. I, I retweeted it yesterday. I said, oh, there you are. Finally, he, he wrote 16 hours ago. First thing he ever said about it, quote, I continue to be concerned about the impacts of the February 3rd train derailment, February 3rd in East Palestine, Ohio, and the effects on families in the 10 days since their lives were upended through no fault of their own. It's important that families have access, blah, 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 blah. We'll look into blah, blah, blah. Then he makes promises, blah, blah, blah. EPA, he's, he's horrific. Absolutely horrific. We have more to come including coming up some really bad news about the state of girls. I think it's boys and girls. Teenagers are really just really getting it. Folks, are you concerned about American K through 12 education? Are you worried about what your children or grandchildren are learning or not learning in school? So if you've answered yes, my friends at Hillsdale College have a free resource for you. You've heard me talk about how Hillsdale College understands the importance of education to the future of our country. And now they're offering you 10 free print copies of their recent issue of Imprimus, entitled Education as a Battleground, written by Hillsdale College President Larry P. Arn. This special issue provides a factual account of the issues in the ongoing ongoing battle over education and why parents and teachers, not bureaucrats or activists, should guide what our children learn. With Hillsdale College, you can make a difference in your community by distributing these copies of Imprimus to your community. Don't miss this opportunity to arm yourself with the facts. Claim your 10 free copies of Education as a Battleground by visiting Dana4FORHillsdale.com. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Act today and join the battle over education for our country's future. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. We're all broken by an all-too-familiar feeling. Another place that is supposed to be about community, 
and togetherness shattered by bullets and bloodshed. We know this is a uniquely American problem. Today is the fifth anniversary of the Parkland shooting. We're mere weeks past the Lunar New Year shooting at a dance hall and a few months past a shooting at an elementary school in Uvalde. And looking back at a year marked by shootings at grocery stores, parades, and so many other ordinary, everyday situations, we cannot keep living like this. Hmm. Yeah, here's the problem with this. You, you can't enable it. I know those are strong words, but I mean it. That's, that's Gretchen Whitmer, the Michigan, Michigan's governor, on the shooting that took place yesterday, uh, last night, at the uh, Michigan State University campus. Now, there, this is a guy who, from what I saw, and I saw some people who are like-minded saying that he had no legal disqualifications from obtaining his weapon. Uh, that's not true. He did. He was in, he, that's, he was actually a prohibited possessor. Welcome back to the program. Top of our second hour. Dana Lash here with you. You can listen from sea to shining sea. You can also watch the radio program, the simulcast, available on Facebook, YouTube, where you can also join the discussion, live happening now, and Channel 349 Direct TV. This murderer, I'm not going to get into everything that he, I'm not going to name him, and I don't want to post what he put online. He was, I just don't see how anyone's sane posts the stuff that he posts online. Uh, he was obsessed with violence and he would always was talking about satanic stuff and he he's just it was just wild he comes across like you remember that horror movie carrie like carrie's mom he comes across like that he apparently i think the thing that sent him over the edge according to people who knew him because they can't they're trying to figure out what the motive could be his father said that he his mom had passed away and after his mom passed away, he got bitter, and that apparently was the catalyst for this. And they said that apparently it all happened pretty quickly. He was found uh, with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. He had a note in his pocket indicating a threat to two public schools that were closed for the day out of abundance of caution. And, I mean, it's, it's horrific that this has even happened because eight people were shot three fatalities five others are in critical condition four were brought to sparrow hospital in lansing and required surgery all of them were students at msu and they have no he had no affiliation to the school he wasn't a student he wasn't a member of staff or a faculty member um none of those things and he just there's people are I mean definitely they have questions students were told to run hide and fight and it took them some time to get this guy in custody well they were looking to put him in custody but now the MSU deputy police chief Chris Rosman was saying that it was he was very straightforward about it he moved to a couple of different buildings uh, they and he took his own life after he was confronted by an officer. 43 years old. I mean, he didn't even have, not only was he not a student, faculty, or staff member, but Rosman said that he had no affiliation with anybody. They're trying to figure out, and through their investigation, why in the world, how 
he targeted an MSU. And I know there's a lot of spec, and you guys know I don't deal with speculation, especially in stuff like this. And there have been a number of elected officials who have already weighed in. You have the same ghouls who get involved time after time. They try to fundraise off of it and all this other stuff. And it's, it's sad that this happens. Because we, I think you need to know, you, you have to know more about him. This guy was a convicted felon. And I had a friend who was saying that there was nothing that legally disqualified him. That's not true. My friend is incorrect. When your penalty is a year or more uh, in jail, even if you get probation, you are, by, by standard definition of law, you're considered a prohibited possessor until that time your you know, record's expunged, et cetera, or your, your conviction overturned. The, he's been in a, he, the record that he had, he's been, he was arrested in the past for break. For, he's got a record, like I said. He had a weapons history, and that's from local Detroit news. He had a history. He was sentenced to 18 months in state prison back in November of 2019. He was convicted of possessing a loaded firearm in a vehicle. He was released uh, from supervision. So he's a convicted felon who ignored the law. He was in illegal possession of a pistol. And he was a a complete prohibited possessor. He was not allowed... There is, he had that, was the legal disqualification against him from purchasing a firearm. If you're a felon and you're a prohibited possessor, you touch a gun, that's a crime. These are federal laws. It doesn't matter what, the, 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 this, is, it's, this is a federal law. But this is why he's a criminal, because criminals don't honor the law. They don't have honor. And what really gets me Because Michigan has gone incredibly blue as of late. And I'm not saying this to, to, although everybody else has made it political. You cannot ignore from this equation the restorative justice that one particular party pushes constantly. Let's reduce the penalties. Because if we're kinder to the criminal, then maybe they'll think twice about committing crimes. These sorts of thugs, these murderers, these criminals... They thrive on the indulgence of progressive restorative justice. And the response always from the left, the response always, they, they want to punish the innocents. Politicians repeatedly drop the ball on repeat violent offenders and known threats, and they expect the law-abiding innocents to pay the price with disarmament every single time. There was this one lawmaker. He is House Majority Whip in Michigan, District 24, Representative Ranjeev Puri. He lists his pronouns in his bio, so you can tell where this is going. He released a statement on official House of Representatives letterhead saying, blank your thoughts and prayers, except I redacted it because I'll get fined if I relate his message on the airwaves. This lawmaker can put it out 
on Michigan House of Representatives letterhead, and he can send it out to everybody in his district and everyone across the nation. But I can't relate it to you because I'll get fined if I say the word. It's an F word. He says, blank your thoughts and prayers. And he says in his statement, we don't need to live like this. Really? Yeah, we don't need weak politicians like Ranjiv Puri who dropped the ball on repeatedly violent repeat offenders like this murderer. The restorative justice that clowns like Puri and others champion at the expense of innocence put these criminals back on the street. So yeah, blank that and blank you instead. He sits here and says, F your thoughts and prayers. You know what? After you disarm everyone, because you would rather coddle murderers and rapists and thugs, that's all the innocent have left is thoughts and prayers. After you ban the ability for people to defend themselves on campus or anywhere else, that's all people have left are thoughts and prayers. After you you vociferously oppose having armed protection of our students in schools, that's all people have left is thoughts and prayers. And now you're saying F that even. I got a couple choice things to say to him. I'm so glad that this guy is not representing my state, my district. He's a clown. These people have more, they demonstrate more compassion for criminals than they do the innocents. I don't know if you realize, but self-defense is under attack. And it has been for some time. Democrats used to think that it was wrong to shame the victim. But now, if you try to defend yourself, then you apparently deserved to be attacked in the first place. Maybe your skirt was too short. Who knows? Whether it's the Rittenhouse self-defense case or the two folks from my hometown in St. Louis when a bunch of people broke down the fence, and I know that area well. I had a bunch of reporters all across the country sitting here trying to explain to me that no one was trespassing, and they didn't even know the area. They didn't even know that historic neighborhood. They didn't even know that it was all fenced off and considered private property. It was absolutely trespassing, and they were yelling threats at the people living in the house. I was telling we covered this. Or the rancher in Arizona on his own land, a repeat offender constantly illegally crossing on his land apparently bringing cartel members with him this elderly rancher and his elderly wife are scared for their lives they live in a rural area you guys know on average a 911 response time is 20 minutes and that's because it incorporates rural areas like where that Arizona rancher lives he had every right to fear for his life but now he's being charged by overzealous DAs You know, when you criminalize self-defense and you coddle the criminals through restorative justice, all people have left are thoughts and prayers. And now you're mocking that. What a disgusting cretin. This guy's a POS. I don't have anything nice or godly to say about him. It just goes to show you the threshold has been so lowered for political office. At least prostitution's an honest job. But this is the situation that they're dealing with. Nobody should have to be dealing with this. This guy, apparently, I don't, what gets me is on Facebook, you can post something 
about your disagreement with coronavirus mandates and have your damn account suspended. This guy can post stuff about fetishizing murder and satanic stuff on his Facebook page, and that's allowed. I'm talking about on private pages, folks. I'm not talking about public pages. There are people on their own private pages who get their accounts suspended if they, dis- if they had disagreed in the past with mandates or they had questions about something. I've seen it. You've seen it. We all know these people. This guy can post this stuff on Facebook and his, that's, that's left up? None of this is on accident. None of it. We have more to come. We have headlines on the way. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. This is a weird headline. McDonald's is going to remove a McCrispy ad uh, because the billboard is literally right across the street from a crematorium. And people have been saying that it's tasteless. I don't think they knew. There's literally a sign that says crematorium. It's in Cornwall, England. And right next to it, it says, the new McCrispy chicken sandwich. They didn't know. It's a bus shelter ad. They they just said they were unaware that it was right by the crematorium sign. I just, people come on. Like, can you give people a little bit, you know, uh, benefit of the doubt here? Do you really th- think that McDonald's is like, oh, let's put it right by this crematorium sign? No, that's not what they, that's not at all what happened. They didn't know and they took it down. So uh, this story, uh, this is WSAW TV. Two goats were found hanging out, chilling in a Target in Harris County, Texas. Pair of goats, they managed to get into a Target just north of Houston on Wednesday of last week. According to Harris County Constable Mark Herman, a deputy responded after they received a report for the goats wandering through the store. They were safely contained and taken back to Harris County Animal Livestock. Interesting. So, no, they were they were totally fine. I would have totally had one as a pet. A uh, Michigan teacher, this is really bad, uh, planted a bomb threat note to get a day off, say police. Hazel Park, Michigan. A teacher there is facing charges after allegedly planting a bomb threat note in his classroom to get a day off. It happened in the Hazel Park Junior High School classroom of Paul Jacobs, 40, of Livonia. And they it, local media reported and said the school would be blown up the following day. So police police initially thought he saw the note but failed to report it. They searched the building with canine units. No explosives were discovered. They believed that he placed the note himself with the intention of classes being canceled. So now he's facing serious charges. And he could, and he, uh, I threat, an intentional threat or act of violence against a school. That's a one-year misdemeanor. He's due back in court uh, at the end of this month. So that was done for him to do. AMC is going to start charging more for better seats in theaters. I'm totally fine for this. I actually, I don't, I don't have a, I'm not against this. Middle seats at many U.S. movie theaters got more expensive. I like it where you can go to a theater. I don't really go to theaters anymore, but I like it when you go, can go to a theater and pick your seat because I like to be directly in the middle. So they're calling the plan Sightline. They rolled it out in some locations. It'll be at all the theaters at after showings, at any showing after 4 p.m. So there you go. Stick with us. More in store. Back in a minute. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. So I walked up to the cage and this this is what I found. Amanda Brashears was going to feed her five hens and rooster this morning when she discovered them all lifeless, practically in the same position with no signs of a predator entering their enclosure. I'm beyond upset and quite panicked because this they may be just chickens, but they're family. 
Brashear says her chickens were alive and well yesterday. She believes the smell following the detonation of the train carrying chemicals that derailed in East Palestine is to blame for her bird's sudden death. My video camera footage shows my chickens were perfectly fine before they started this burn. And as soon as they started the burn, my chickens slowed down and they died. If it can do this to chickens in one night, imagine what it's going to do to us in 20 years. Yeah, that's like not a bad observation. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Bottom of our second hour. That's a, that is a big, that's a, from more a video from Ohio where, and it's not just that. There's like video of fish and all kinds of other, other people noting their livestock and everything else. I mean, there's a lot of issues with regards to that toxic spill. It's like that movie White Noise. You know, I saw that movie, by the way, sidebar. I saw that. It was not a very good movie. It really wasn't. I like Adam Driver, though. I watch anything with Adam Driver in, and that's why I watched it. But it was not a good movie. But apparently it became very true to life. I didn't realize it was set in that exact same area. It's kind of a trip. Still, uh, just just the singular tweet there from um, Mayor Secretary Pete. I just, I would, I, I, I think that everyone, especially since it, it could affect, I think, what they said, like a 200-mile radius, all those people are owed answers. I would be a little nervous. No, I'd be, isn't that the time that you would maybe wear, like, a gas mask? Don't they, love, don't they love masks? That's just incredibly, it's just sad. And we're still getting more information from that, and we'll bring you all the latest with it as well. But, goodness, the amount of... uh chemicals that have been spilled. I think this is what maybe multiple times bigger than what was seen in uh, New Jersey back in 2012. That's the last time that they had a uh, big spill with that vinyl hydrochloride chemical, which was what was in these train cars. Terrifying stuff. People are, I mean, they're understandably nervous about returning home. Kids haven't been able to go to school. Um, they, they don't believe that it's safe. People are only using, only drinking bottled water. They're worried about the long-term health impact. And then what they were burning stuff off so that they could get the rail open. Good heavens. The Ohio Farm Bureau Federation is telling members to get water from their local wells tested immediately. I mean, you can see the plume. You've seen the images. Good heavens. Vinyl chloride and hydrogen chloride? I mean, good. they were trying to say that their risk was mitigated because they had a controlled ex- uh, explosion. And that the only after that, the only risk of coming in contact with it was if it was bedded, embedded in the soil. But then you'd have to dig that out. And that's according to Kevin Christ, a professor of chemical and biomolecular engineering and the director of, of uh, Ohio University's Air Quality Center. So that does come from an actual expert. But they, the, so far, they've, they've been trying to screen homes to detect any any chemicals but i'm just it's just so crazy the everything is fine remember the way that people freaked out when the keystone pipeline was being constructed and there was literally no threat to anything literally none and people acted like it was the worst thing ever for the environment and then you have this happens and they're just where are all the clean air people where are all of these people at all of the people who love the environment and all that the the environmentalists where are they these, I mean, this is serious stuff. I mean, I, and there's a lot of, disa- I mean, there's, there's a lot of questions still about this disaster. Unbelievable. Now, in the meantime, 
the president of the United States has been worried about ticket prices. I wanted to share this with you, and then we're going to get into some GOP stuff. They've been worried about uh, ticket prices for different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they're what they're what they're focusing on. You have train derailments and balloons in the sky, and Biden tweets out, "Quote." We're going to end unfair service fees on tickets to concerts and sporting events and make companies disclose all fees up front. Um, now do the IRS. Now do just our debt. Do any of those things. Good heavens. Just wild. All right. Now, with the GOP, Nikki Haley, as predicted, said she was going to announce today. I don't, I want to be clear. I don't dislike Nikki Haley. She's been on the program. I don't agree with her on everything at all. Uh, But I don't think that she is, I think this is more of a VP audition. Because I don't think that uh, she's going to, I don't think that she could win president. You have to strike when the iron is hot. And her moment was a while ago. And I will say this. This is why I see a lot of people saying, oh, well, maybe DeSantis should just go after 2024. You got to strike when the moment is hot, though. That's everything with politics. Anybody who anybody who's ever who's been in the trenches raising money for candidates, who's been out there pounding the pavement for candidates, who's gone door to door for candidates, who's done phone baking, who's talked to voters, who's been out there in the thick of it. They'll tell you all the same thing. It's it's about timing. It really is. And she has a presidential ad out. And I know a lot of people are, golly, we're, they're all declaring now. So she's officially in. This is the first official GOP uh, challenger for Trump. And I'm curious as to, here's the thing to watch. See if he says anything about her. If he doesn't, then I suspect that they think that she's maybe going to dilute the uh, support maybe for some of these other candidates whose names maybe rhyme with uh, Deshmantis. Just saying, I. But I think that she, this is a VP audition. Tim Scott was apparently thinking of a run. I think that that's an indication that he's he wants to be considered for VP. Then you got this one guy who's this this billionaire dude. No, I'm so done with this. Hell no. This one guy who's uh, thinks that he's he's going to apparently try to run also. No. I'm just, I'm, I think everybody has a right to run for any office that they want, but I also think that strategy is a huge part of it. Vivek Ramaswamy, he's considering running? No. I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy. This isn't, you know, personal, but I look at it like this way. Uh, when it comes to the business of the country, this is show business, not show friends. And it's the business of the country. So that's exactly what I'm thinking of here but i i i do believe that this is kind of a um more of a audition and i do think that if she like if she were to get some traction and if trump were to perceive her as a threat i think then he's going to come up with a nickname for her pretty soon too but there are so many people that are going to be getting involved in this the thing is is that we got a big we have a long bench a deep bench but I do think that at some point everybody's going to kind of get it together because 2024 uh, matters. I actually think that this election, and everyone says this of every election. Nope, I think this election is the election. 
I think if Republicans lose in 2024, I honestly think that's it. And I see a lot of people out there jockeying for for power, and I hope that they remember that they need to put the American people first. There's, I see this even at the local level. We, so there was like a fight in our area, and this is typical of you know any area, but we had a fight over who wanted to run for school board, right? A lot of people wanted to run for uh, an available uh, for a city council seat and a school board seat and all this stuff. And everybody's kind of, you know, fighting, going back and forth. And one of these city council seats was open and apparently like everybody and their brother wanted to run for it. And, uh, there were some people who I, and I made, I did make a comment. I said, I'm, I'm seeing some people who want to be served more than serve. And that's kind of the thing, wanting to be served over being over serving. Sometimes serving means you sit down, you're needed elsewhere. But everyone thinks that, oh, well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to run. And they, they're not stopping to consider maybe there's someone better than you that has a better, has some better capabilities that could do the job. I don't dislike any of these individuals. I know Mike Pompeo would like to be considered for VP. He's been on the program. First question I ever asked him was tell us about the Malians. I mean, of course that was going to be what I asked him. Why? They'd be stupid not to. I'm not going to blow my first question on something. I want, I want aliens. But it's not it's not anything personal for anybody. But when I look at like Pence, Pence doesn't have a shot in hell. I mean, no offense. He, he's a nice guy, but he doesn't have a chance. He absolutely has no chance. He doesn't even has, have a chance as VP. A lot of times people will want run and raise money and pay off other campaign debts or figure out something else. But they um, a lot of this, I think, is um, really just I don't know. Some of it's posturing, I think. But I don't dislike any of them. I feel, you know, that there's some, there's good news. There's, there's a, it's good to be hopeful and be optimistic about the fact that we have a way bigger bench than Democrats do. Who do they have? I've asked you this before. Who do they got? They've got nobody. What, what Newsom? The guy who oversaw the disaster light rail where it was billions and billions of dollars. It ended up being like something like a million, several million dollars a day in costs. And it's still not done. The company pulled up their their spikes and left and went and put something in Zaire, I think. I mean, they don't have anything. Newsom doesn't have it. They, Democrats do not have a, a decent candidate for 2024. I don't even think they have anybody in the wings. They used to groom their up-and-comers, but then now they don't do that anymore either. Republicans have a lot of options. That is a great thing. But I just don't think that all of them are the best fit personally. Voters are going to make the decision. I have my two cents. I don't dis I don't agree with Nikki Haley on everything. We differ on foreign policy, a lot of foreign policy. But that's not to say that she's, you know, a, a bad candidate. I don't know if she's the candidate for this time. And I also think she's been out of office for a while and she's done, I think, an admirable job of keeping her name in the headlines. That's something that you have to do in order to run for office. You have to look relevant. I get it. But and then the other guy who wants to run. No, stop. At some point, everybody's got to get on the same page and we have to realize, you know, 2024 is where it's at. I feel like we're coming up on a decision of, you know, we're coming up on a Chamberlain or Churchill moment. And you saw how consequential that was. Look at where we are with everything. And I really do feel as though there are intentional moves being made to destabilize the border, to destabilize our energy, uh, self-sufficiency, 
to destabilize everything from from water to food, all of it. And I don't think that some of these other candidates are going to be the people to deal with it. I don't. That's just the way it is. We're going to see how this all plays out. But I do think 2024, at some point, Republicans are going to have to get on the same page and realize this is the Churchill or Chamberlain moment. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Well, one 53-year-old Florida man was arrested after threatening another Florida man with a chainsaw. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This comes from Channel 20, WCJB. Marion County deputies arrested 53-year-old Chuck Leggett on Wednesday last week, charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and battery. He threatened another man with a chainsaw before battering him. When deputies responded to a call, they found Leggett intoxicated and uncooperative. He has been arrested in the county on five separate occasions just since 2020. His bond's currently posted at 17500 The other man seemed to, he seemed to be fine after being battered, but... Yeah, threatened with a chainsaw. Good grief. A uh, Florida man is jailed after carrying a machete inside the family dollar. Marion County Sheriff's Office arrested a 38-year-old Florida man after he was accused of carrying inside a machete and threatening several employees and customers. The man with some pretty bad neck tats uh, had uh, been called in as a suspicious incident. A store employee contacted the Sheriff's Office saying that Carl Woodruff walked into the store with a machete in his hand. The deputy made contact with Woodruff when he arrived, noted that the description matched and he had the machete. And uh, the deputy told Woodruff that uh, that he was there because someone called the police on him. Woodruff told the deputy that he, quote, kept the, that he kept the machete for protection because, quote, people keep blanking with me, end quote. Well, there you go. After speaking with Woodruff, the deputy made contact with the first victim who was working inside the store. She said that Woodruff walked inside when she greeted him. He shouted at her, quote, doing blanking great. (laughs) The first victim said that then he then proceeded to walk past her and begin. Is she a victim, though? If he's just I'm sorry, I got to stop. I know this might be like splitting hairs here. He's just waving the machete around and he just yelled at her. You're not a victim. Stop it. You just got yelled at. Okay, he walked in with a machete. Granted, it's weird, but he didn't get you. I'm just you're not a victim. He grabbed several items, paid for them at the cash register, and then he called the cash register several, the the cashier several expletives during the transaction. And when he began to wave the machete as he, there is brandishing. You can't get charged with brandishing and this would be considered that. He uh, apparently loudly asked another one, uh, another person, what the blank are you looking at? And was waving around. So that's brandishing. So he's in trouble. He's in jail on $8,000 bond. You can't be doing that. I mean, and at the family dollar, what do you got to be mad about? Come on. Third hour on the way. Stick with us. Here's what I took away from the briefing. Many people, intentionally or otherwise, have been given the impression that a couple of weeks ago our skies were clear. And then all of a sudden we have spy balloons and other identified, unidentified flying objects raining down on us like confetti. That is not accurate. Um, These objects have been flying over us for years. 
many years. We've known about those objects for many years. We're not sure that we've known about all of them, but we've known about many of them, except for the Chinese spy balloon. We don't know what they are. What's different about the last two weeks is that we've started shooting them down. But we can't find the remnants, except the, the, uh, the spot. No, no, I was thinking, well, Senator Kennedy, which is the most serious I've ever seen him, while he was talking, the first thing I thought of was, man, this is a bad time. If you just got a new drone or something and you're wanting to fly it, this is a bad time for that. Welcome back to the program. Top of our third hour. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. Sign up for the newsletter over at Substack. Chapter and verse, a very good piece up there from our contributor, Lorraine, asking where is Secretary Mayor Newmom, Poot Buttigieg? Where's he, where's he at with the whole uh, thing with East Palestine, Ohio, which we've talked about uh, extensively on the program? And uh, the Post gets into that, too. The press, the, they, they received a classified briefing. And you can, I just, I wish for all the lawmakers out there, and I know that we're in some areas where lawmakers listen. If it is aliens, just give us a sign. Give us a sign. It's not, but if it is, you know, just, I'm just saying. It's way, it's a better for the administration for everyone to think it's ET than the Chinese. Just because. Nobody, that would put us on weak footing, I think. I, and, I, and they don't like that, but it's UFO fever. I'm just saying. Just saying. Now, here's the weird thing, though. And I'm going to pull this up because I just saw this. This actually just hit. The Daily Mail had this thing where the cockpit audio revealed the F-16 pilots who shot down the octagon. So now we got an octagon-shaped object. It's not because, remember, at first it was described as being cylindrical. So now it's octagon. I got questions. The F-16 pilots who shot down the octagon-shaped object over Lake Huron said that they did not know what it was. Now, apparently, the Pentagon revealed that the 400,000 first Sidewinder missile that missed the target landed, quote, harmlessly in the water. And they can't... I mean, this is all they can say. Well, it could be an octagon. Well, what was it? An octagon? A shape? It was just a shape? A random shape? The pilots, apparently, according to... Uh, audio, they said it's pretty chilling, that they were perplexed. They were trying to define what they were seeing because the Pentagon memo described it as a small metallic balloon, but the pilot literally said, quote, I wouldn't really call it a balloon. I don't know what. I can see it outside with my eyes. Wow. But it's not the bal- it's not a balloon. The pilots were saying that it wasn't a balloon. And this is after we scrambled two F-16s near the Great Lakes to take this out. The Drive is the website that has the audio recordings. And after they came face-to-face with the object, one of the first pilot, one of the pilots says, I wouldn't call it a balloon. I wouldn't really call it a balloon. I can see it with my eyes. He says, quote, it looks like something, there's some kind of object that's distended. It's hard to tell. It's pretty small. Pilots note that they were concerned about colliding with the object as they could only see it close up. And then there was a confused discussion over what the actual shape was, later described by some officials as, quote, octagonal. One of the pilots says, quote, I'm going to call it a container. Can't really tell, though, what the shape is. 
Oh, wow. Okay. And they said that they, because some of the audio is muffled because the pilots are going in detail with each other, that one of them says it looks definitely smaller than a car. The other says it was around the size of a four-wheeler. They said it, they said that it described the entity as having a tethered payload below it. And one says, quote, in the targeting pod, I can't tell if it's metallic or what, but I can see like lines coming down below it, but I can't see anything below it. You can definitely see strings below. And one says I can get, I can get a pretty good sun glint off it. So that's what, so octagon, (laughs) this is like the worst ever. (laughs) It's octagonal. And it may or may not be metallic. And it apparently had some kind of tethered payload. And that's what we know. I don't know what it would be. Because at first people were wondering if it was they were saying cylindrical. And then I immediately started thinking of the Tic Tac. The infamous Tic Tac. I'm going to put this link in your prep. Because a lot of people have talked about the infamous Tic Tac. And apparently, and this was the thing that you, um, you've seen probably some of these these uh naval videos where it shows something in in on the radar and all this or and it looks like a a white oblong object in some video it looks like a tic tac and it flies at high speed over the water maneuvering and accelerating in ways which seem to defy the laws of physics and this is first reuters back in 2021 did a story on it saying that it appeared to respond in a way that wasn't recognized and lacked any visible flight control surfaces or means of propulsion. Interesting. Just saying, tic-tac, I'm wondering. So we don't know. We really don't know. It's all speculation at this point. I'm just saying if it's aliens, I hope that they're not in league with the CCP because that would really just, that would blow chunks. Nobody wants that. I I don't know. Could have, I mean, but that's way more exciting than just like commies again. The bad guys always commies, always communists, always tyrants. Now, my youngest insists that if it was aliens, though, that we would all be in, in a lot of trouble because clearly they have superior technology and capabilities. But then that presupposes that they would have ill will. And it doesn't necessarily mean that. I don't know. Am I being optimistic? I'm a cynic. Maybe I shouldn't be. But that's the that's and, and Juan says that they're telling us aliens exist. So. When they when they get us during World War Three, will we know that they? He's you're kidding, but it's still funny. I don't know. I'm just I'm just like questions. I do think it's better for the people. Like imagine, imagine you're you're the Democrat Party. You're the you're the administration. Just get party out of it for a minute. You're the administration. You're in the White House, and you have a bumbling goofball who can't articulate a singular idea in one complete sentence. He cannot go out there and assure the public because every time he goes out there, the public just gets a little more nervous. Like, is he healthy? Is he going to fall over? What's going on with him? So they, 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 it's kind of just on autopilot, the presidency. So they have to figure out, let's get everybody worried about aliens because then they definitely won't be worrying about the communist Chinese. Well, that's a, that's a way to go about it. I mean, it gives them some time, doesn't it? Doesn't it give them some space, a little breathing room? If you're looking towards the skies and not across the Pacific, you know, so to speak, the, it gives them a little bit more time. That's way more advantageous and tactical for them to do that. I mean, I would do it. Get everybody focused on one thing while 
you gives you a little bit of time and then maybe it, it, it leaves the Chinese thinking, ha ha, they don't know who we are. They don't know that this is us when we do. Maybe that's what it is. All we have is speculation. I think that's what it is. It's Occam's razor. Because if you're an alien, we must think really highly of ourselves to think aliens would be interested in us for anything other than reality television. Let's be real. We are ridiculous as a species. We are so ridiculous. I just saw a tweet and I responded to it. I retweeted it. Let me describe it to you. It's WCBI News. This is in Mississippi. Said Oxford police said an Arkansas woman is facing charges for making bomb threats in rebel territory. 29-year-old Lily Mestemacher is accused of false reporting of placing explosives. Now, this is where I get really confused. Because the image that came up in the tweet was of a dude that looks like he could be on Joker squad. He's got ready, long, dried out, overbleached hair. He, chest hair, a beard, a mustache, and they're, they're calling him an Arkansas woman. And I thought, Mel, you know what? This is somebody messed up metadata. Something, something got messed up. Let's look. Let's click the link. Nope, no, no. That's the guy who they are calling a 29-year-old woman named Lily. It's not a, tw- it's a, it's a hefty set dude with really, really bad, bad hair. It's bad. It's bad. That's a dude. Excuse me. That's a dude. This is why that's clearly a man. This is why aliens don't visit us because we have a segment of the population that does not even know the difference between a dude or a chick. We, I I just think we think very highly of ourselves to think aliens are going to come and want to visit us. They lock their doors when they fly past. I've been saying this forever. They don't want to have anything to do with us. This is why it has to be the communist Chinese. Would you want, if you were, think about it, if you were a very advanced alien race, alien species, whatever, and you came across planet Earth, wouldn't you think that the stupidity is catching? You'd think we're, maybe it's contagious. We do have a social contagion. That's for sure. Our teenagers are going through hell right now because of social contagion. The transgender movement is social contagion. I was reading this story. This is one of the saddest things. The kids are not all right. NBC had this piece where they're saying the CDC says teen girls are caught in an extreme wave of sadness, overwhelming wave of violence and trauma, never before seen levels of hopelessness and suicidal thoughts amongst high school students in the United States. A lot of studies have pinpointed this as directly kicking off right when everybody started getting on their phones with social media. Apparently, three in five teen girls said they felt persistently sad or hopeless. Highest rate in a decade. 30% have considered suicide. And that's risen by nearly 60% over the past 10 years. Now, it's not just teenage girls. It's also our boys. And we've known for quite some time that our boys are are in a lot of, they're, they're in turmoil. And the way that they're treated by society is awful. But the way that girls are also treated by society is pretty bad. We just have a garbage society. I think I understand that social media is a medium, but I also think that it can be a very bad influence. It can be both of those things. 
it is just a facilitator and it depends on what is consumed. And a lot of people don't frankly monitor their damn kids. They do not monitor their kids. There are teenagers I know that have social media accounts. I'm like, how in the world do you allow your teenager to have us? I don't buy that. I'm busy too. I, I am hella busy. I get it. How do you not know if your teenager has a social media account? You don't check their phones a lot. I, I check my kids, man. If I purchased it and I pay for it, it's mine. I'm going to check my phone whenever I want to. I tell my youngest son that. I will go into his room, I will take his phone, and I will look at everything. And I'm like, don't think that you're going to hide it from me because I can know how to recover it. Remember, I taught you how to play video games. I encrypted all the games on your laptop and I locked them and I can remote, remotely unlock them so you can play them so you wouldn't play them at school. Like, I am that parent. I'm a nerd. I will, I will find out whatever you try to hide from me. And I always told him, I'm like, the cover-up can be worse than the crime. And if I ever found out that you ever lied to me or hid anything from me, there will be no shade for you on earth. But I go in and I'll read, I'll read it. It's my phone. My kids aren't on social media. So it's, I just don't know. I think that's a huge part of it. Parents have to be engaged. But back to that story, that Arkansas woman, that's a dude. And no woman. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so first up, Tim Allen is going to, after all, return for Toy, for Toy Story 5. How many Toy Stories can there be? After Disney's Woke Lightyear was a total flop. Apparently, he's going to voice the character Buzz Lightyear in the upcoming Toy Story 5. Uh, after uh, Chris Evans was in the uh, previous one. Didn't actually go incredibly well. So that's good news. I liked him, Alan. He's a nice guy. I've met him before. Very nice guy. Uh, also, let's see. Microsoft <laughs> Microsoft AI, their, their chatbot, got into a fight with a human user, called them names, and said, you annoy me. They, yeah, I'm telling you what, it, no, it's bad. Microsoft Bing's chat GPT infused artificial intelligence. It uh, harshly and degraded a user who asked which nearby theaters were screening Avatar. So they, no tolerance. Diane Feinstein's officially going to retire. That's going to be a cat fight for that seat. And Barney gets a new face and he looks like a freak. We'll talk about all that, the Barney thing coming up. Stick with us. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at DanaLash.com. The things that I broke down, I had lunch with the vice president today, and I keep little note cards about what I think we have to do, and I said we have to pass legislation on the damaging technology that's having an effect on our kids. One of what does that even mean? You have to pass legislation on the damaging economy, the fact that that what? The damaging technology having an effect on our kids. What? Uh, I don't know why. You know, it's called parenting, by the way, any technology. I don't think that we need to pass bills to do the job that parents should be doing. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here. It's because it's big government. I don't know why anybody, it's not a conservative, it's not a conservative position either. Not at all. It's big government. Welcome back to the program. Bottom of our third hour here. A couple of things to touch on. We've been following a whole bunch of, whole bunch of these, uh, all the breaking stories with either the toxic spill that's going on, the, the fallout from that derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, uh, the latest with the objects shot down uh, four and eight days. 
the murder committed at Michigan State University yesterday. So right on cue, the president, they've announced uh, $231 million to fund red flag laws and other uh, questionably constitutional, what they say is violence prevention. They, because red flag, red flag doesn't really actually do anything. I think if it, it, it's, and we've talked about this before, all of these states where you've had these issues, you have red flag, you know, California, uh, in New York, in Illinois, uh, you have red flag. And the problem isn't an issue of red flag. If you have people around someone who's violent and showing signs or uh, is, you know, presenting a threat, if people are not reporting that to police, diminishing due process for everyone as a whole is not going to do the job any better at all whatsoever. Why should, why should everyone else have to have their due process diminished? Cause that's exactly what this is. Red flag is just a diminishment of due process. There is no particular area at all whatsoever. I always just cringe when I hear Republicans say, Oh, well, you know, as long as due process protections are included, there's no due process protection included in red flag. I've read every They're in every single area and where they're implemented. There is not. I've written two books about this. And in many instances, you have a lot of these determinations that are reversed because people show up in court and, and stand up for themselves. I mean, the in some of them, the the consideration for evidence is lowered to a standard than what it would be except when what would be acceptable in a court of law. Um, in some states, any Tom, Dick, or Harry can can report. It's just, it's wild. And there's a lot of abuse, and people have lost their lives over it. It didn't work in a number of areas where we've had these horrific mass casualty incidents. You're not going to, again, if, if there are, instead of talking about the existing pathways to render someone a prohibited possessor, Instead of discussing those, I think maybe lawmakers either just don't know them or I think some of them know them, but they want diminished due process for everything. And this doesn't have to do with just firearms. Imagine an overall across the board diminishment of due process for every single aspect, not just firearms. I don't I mean, considering all of the the issues that that some have with policing, is that really something that you you want to open the Pandora's box on? Good heavens crisis intervention, all this other stuff. Uh, And of course, this comes on the 50th anniversary of Parkland, which is horrific. I always reach out to some of my dear friends, families who have suffered loss from that. And this comes by way of that bill that Biden signed into law in June. So the bill, it was an anti, really, I mean, the best way to describe it was an anti-2A bill. It allocated uh, a little under a billion, essentially, to help states with red flag laws and, and programs. The mental health treatment is an aspect that I think that could be bipartisan. But the red flag situation is incredibly troublesome because there are no protections for people. I mean, there's no consequences uh, in, in many of these areas for false reporting. And, and, and they're all ex parte processes, meaning you do not even have to be informed that this is being done against you in a court of law. So you're punished and then you get your day in court after. So a penalty is rendered against you and you're punished and, they, and you're essentially convicted for all intents and purposes. And then afterwards you defend yourself. 
How in the world is that due process? It's not. I'm being rhetorical. It's absolutely not. But that is exactly what's done. So that's why I say I cringe whenever I hear any Republican say, oh, well, we support it or any, you know, rights organization say, oh, only if it's, you know, if due process is protected. But it's not. That's the very nature of red flag. There are so many other ways to go about this. And in so many of these instances, like, for instance, because it's the fifth year uh, observance of this with Parkland, you had 60 some odd calls that went in to that sheriff's office. I sat on stage with a bad cop who tried to blame me, who I'd never been to that area before. I had no familiarity with what they had been told about for months leading up to this, this potential threat with this individual. And he was trying to blame me for his inaction. When you have family members, and this murderer in Parkland had family members literally calling the police and FBI saying that he was armed and was making credible threats. When he was on social media violating state law, making threats against fellow students, tell me why you need to reduce due process in order to act on existing state statute and, and state statute and, and actually take action with that individual who had already run afoul of the law when he beat up his mother and knocked the teeth out of her head. When he had held guns to students' heads. I mean, this is all documented. So why was there a need to reduce due process for everybody? Because the people who tell us we don't need to be armed because they're going to protect us refuse to do so. And like the case with Michigan. This individual... A lot of this is restorative justice where people plead, plead down. They, they reduce serious felonies to misdemeanors, which is what apparently allowed this guy to walk. That is troubling. Restorative justice is the problem. You had the, uh, what was it, the lawmaker who was attacked in the door, the doorway of her building the other day. She's even saying now, we, we have to stop releasing these people back out on the street over and over again. We can't, we can't keep doing this. And it's true. I mean, all of the violent crime, I mean, when you look at what's driving this, and in Michigan, this guy, golly, there are people who have their Facebook accounts suspended for way less than what this guy was posting, which I'm not even going to get into, because you can imagine it's bad. But that's okay guy who shouldn't have even been armed in the first place he had a violent record but the reason that he was out is because of restorative justice all of these lawmakers think that by excusing criminals that's going to endear them to certain communities i don't understand their thought process here and that by penalizing the innocent and putting them more at risk, that that's somehow better optically? That's just wild. But that's, that's restorative justice. And so the, the administration proposing this, like I said, this is part of an anti-2A package that he had signed in June. Now, there were already grant programs that the DOJ had. Then you had Project Exile, too, which was making sure that... Uh, the harshest penalty possible for felony crimes involving illegal possession of a firearm in commission of a felony. 
uh, that that the harshest penalty was given for those. That actually worked. It, it was in a few areas, but the apparently the uh, effort was since abandoned. But there are grant programs. That he didn't need to do this. So I'm. He says that he said in a statement that these red flag laws could have stopped shooters in Parkland and other tragedies. He said that in a statement, which is why I'm bringing that up, because it wouldn't have. You didn't need red flag to enforce existing law. You can't threaten to kill people on the Internet. You can't hold guns to people's heads while threatening them. You can't beat up people and knock their teeth out of their head and and have all the I mean, all the calls that came in to Scott Israel's office. Scott Israel was so hell bent on protecting his reputation after all of this. It was something else. No, red flag, without a red flag, no one said anything. What makes him think that a red flag, that Scott Israel and his, that his department, he didn't do anything. The FBI didn't act. The FBI did nothing. I mean, how many times does this have to happen? In Uvalde, that murderer, violent, obsessed, obsessed with violence, no one in this guy's particular, no one in his orbit said anything or did anything. I'm so tired of everyone else being blamed when people who know the propensities of these murderers look the other way. And the solution that all of these lawmakers have is to put us at greater risk. No. No, red flag would not have stopped Parkland as we remember it five years on. It absolutely extreme extreme risk protection order would not have stopped it. After he beat up his mother and knocked teeth out of her head, he could have had a restraining order put against him. That would have made him a temporary prohibited possessor, at which time his death threats against his fellow students using social media, etc. That immediately would have also uh, rendered him a prohibited possessor. And he could have easily have been evaluated. And ultimately, I mean, I know that there's a lot of abuse of Baker Act situations, but this is not one of them. You don't need to diminish due process across the board to follow the pathways that currently exist for everybody. Because there's more to it than just firearms. That's why. There's more to it than just firearms. Think about a diminishment of due process across the board for everyone. Oh, we're going to get you with unlawful parading. Throw you in jail for a while. I mean, to say nothing of the J6 stuff. Good heavens. I mean, remember, this is the same party that called supporters of the Second Amendment domestic terrorists and then wanted to expand no-fly lists without telling you what even gets someone on the list and how to get off of it. Look, if it's a right... Taking away someone's natural right, trying to take away someone's natural right, that's a serious thing. And there's a reason that our system was set up in the way that it was. That means that you have to do your due diligence and prove your case. If it's serious enough to take away their right, then it's serious enough to bring charges. The end. If you do not like the way that our system works... You are free to go and experience life in a number of other countries whose totalitarianism might be better suited to your preferences. We have uh, more to come, including some today in stupidity. And people are slamming Barney's makeover. 
He looks like a one said he looks like a Mario Brothers character. I kind of liked the goofy purple. I hate Barney. Let's be clear, but I like the way that he looked previously. Now he just looks like everything else. He looks dumb. One of the reasons Barney looked so I think funny is because he just looked weird, and people liked it. There was an endearing quality about it. I still hate him. There was an endearing quality about it. They changed him. Now he looks like every other cartoon character. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter over at <laughs> over at Substack, chapter and verse. Our friend Sergio, my brother from another mother down in KURV, I can't, I can't say. He's, he likes to send funny images, and so he sent a funny, like a fake Valentine's card. All I'm going to, I'm just going to say it. It has like, you know, the candied hearts on it and it says, it has a picture of Fauci and it says two from and it says you make my heart stop. That's Sergio's humor. He's hysterical. I just heard your jaw drop over there, but it is funny nonetheless. So make sure you go sign up for chapter and verse. That's the newsletter over at Substack. All kinds of good stuff. Lorraine has a great piece that's out about where's Secretary Mayor Newmom, Poot Buttigieg. So apparently everybody's up in arms over Barney's new look. Why do people... There's something I don't like Barney. I'm not a Barney person. I'm just not like but when Barney came out, I think I was I was a kid still, but I was a little too old for Barney. I was too old for Barney when Barney came out. Um, he's goofy looking and I hate the new version of him. It actually makes me like the older version because now Juan says he looks like a Mario character. And that's true. There's something awkward about that weird puppet and what looked like Terry Cloth. Just saying. Why, do, why does everything have to be modernized and ruined? Stop it. Stop ruining everything. But uh, this, we're going to continue watching everything with the East Palestine story with Ohio. Although I will say Democrats are kind of, I've noticed the thing. Democrats are starting to kind of question where the Secretary of Transportation is. Hmm. Interesting. I'm just going to say it's very interesting. That that's that question's being asked because it just goes to show you how bad this all is. And we've got new inflation numbers. We got new all kinds of stuff. We're going to I'll have that for you tomorrow as well. But definitely make sure you sign up for the newsletter. That's a great way to get some deep dives about uh, about certain certain things. And we'll cover all of that. And I hope that you will have a nice uh, corporately created day of love. It's Valentine's Day. I mean, is it a big deal? I always thought it. I'm a cynic, so I don't know. I don't do anything special. I just maybe I'll go out to dinner, but I'm not like crazy about it. Just always has have been that way. All right. Uh, today in stupidity, Steve, what do we got? All right. There was a bunch of doctors at the uh, Columbia Medical School, and you know how they take their oath, the Hippocratic oath, to be able to become a doctor. Uh, see mm-hmm. if you notice anything different in this one. We enter the profession of medicine with appreciation for the opportunity to build on the scientific and humanistic achievements of the past. We also recognize the acts and systems of oppression affected in the name of medicine. We take this oath of service to begin building a future grounded in truth, restoration, and equity to fulfill medicine's capacity to live. Oh, CRT stuff. Oh, I get it. Like, wokeism and CRT stuff. I don't know that I would want anyone to like operate on my guts when they do that kind of stuff. I'm just saying. All right, folks, that does it for us today. Have a great evening. I'll be back with you behind the mic tomorrow.